Hey, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of Off the Books Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brandon. And this is awesome. So Off the Books Podcast is what we would say our own little book club that we would love to share with you guys. And we're going to be discussing every book or every book series that we have enjoyed personally throughout the years. So we just want you to come along with that journey with us and talking about diving into each book and book series and author and what we liked, disliked, and what we hope to see. Let's get started. So first book we're talking about this episode is The Terminal List by Jack Carr, uh, which if you want to talk a little bit about the description. I mean, I this is like one of my absolute favorite books. Like, oh, heck yeah. I, as soon as I read this, I was like, oh my God, let me get into number two. And then three, and then four, and then I've probably gone back through number one like 20 times. Yeah, like a comfort book. Kind uh, of. I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a comfort book, but like <laughs> a keep me on the edge of my seat and like, you know, just take me for a fucking ride kind of book. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so for those of you that aren't familiar with the Terminal List or with Jack Carr, Jack Carr is a former Navy SEAL, uh, served like 15 years in the, in, in the Navy SEALs, and then got out and decided to start writing books. So he stuck with what he knew and wrote this series, The Terminalist. So The Terminalist, uh, the description of the book would be, a Navy SEAL has nothing left to live for and everything to kill for after he discovers that the American government is behind the deaths of his team in this ripped-from-the-headlines political thriller. On his last combat deployment, Lieutenant Commander James Reese's entire team was killed in a catastrophic ambush that also claimed the lives of the air crew sent to rescue them. But when those dears to him are murdered on the day of his homecoming, Reese discovers that this was not an act of war by a foreign enemy, but a conspiracy that runs to the highest levels of government. Now with no family and free of the military's command structure, Reese applies the lessons that he's learned in over a decade of constant warfare toward avenging the deaths of his family and teammates. With breathless pacing and a relentless suspense, Reese ruthlessly targets his enemies in the upper echelons of power without regard for the laws of combat or the rule of law. Wow. What a description. Uh, James Reese is a rowdy motherfucker in the words of Chris Pratt. A rowdy <laughs> motherfucker is a perfect way to put him. And it, it's just so cool because, like you said, Jack Carr, you know, he was a former Navy SEAL. And he was a, a platoon sergeant. He was a commander. He led his own troops. So he really stuck to... His character, like, his character is James Carr, if you really put it that way. Well, he does say, like, at the beginning of his books, like, you know, James Reese is cle more clever than I am, more charming than I am, mm -hmm. a better soldier, a better fighter. But Jack Carr was the real deal. Yeah. Like, he took a lot of the experiences that he had within the, the, the special forces and put them into this book. Yeah. Now, he does make, make sure to mention at, at the beginning of every book that... All of his books that he puts out do have to go through uh, a vetting process through the, the U.S. Naval Command, and he will even leave in stuff that they've decided to re redact. Like, yeah. They've gotten, in one of his books later on, there's entire paragraphs and pages that are redacted. I noticed that in this f first book, and I thought that was very interesting, because it, it does say redacted, and I was like, oh, is that just... You know, something he, he thought of doing and was like a cool little a cool little thing. But that's interesting that you say that, that it was truly redacted. Yeah, he, le he makes sure to leave all of it in because he wants people to know, like, 
this is actually this is stuff that I thought could go in there, but apparently the U.S. government did not think that the public needed to know about it or could know about it. Yeah, and I was I was wondering that too when I realized he was a, a former former Navy SEAL. Is just how funny it is that he's writing a book based on the government going against you and killing your family and, and killing your your brothers and and sisters and and army and stuff. And it, it's just insane how how he decided to take what he knew take what he was and make a book out of it that goes against probably the whole U.S. government. Yeah, I mean, the, I first heard, heard Jack Carr talking about this book on an episode of uh, of another podcast with a fairly well-known podcaster. And um, there was a scene in this book, and I, I think you, it's pretty obvious to pick it out. There's a scene involving a, a high-ranking official that, I mean, how did, for one, how did, I mean, I'm sure like a, a, a lot of the guys probably think about doing something like that at once but he actually put it in a book and and the u.s government was like yeah that's cool but yeah. we can't actually like name a certain place or a certain thing yeah it's like what the hell i i don't get it but it was a fantastic book it kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time like from first word to last word yeah definitely and it left me with just the right amount of suspense that was like I'm so ready to get into the next one and see what happens to James Reese after this. Oh, yeah. Like, to see if it, if he really does continue mm-hmm. with this. Yeah, so do you want? should we break down a little bit more of the book? Yeah. Let's talk about uh, spoiler alerts, um, all that good stuff. So this was my first time reading this book, and I have not read the, the other seri- part of the series, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting into that. But... It really was cool how, you know, working in a place that has, you know, a base so close to us, it's really cool to hear about him talking about different bases of the Army and of, of Navy and knowing exactly where it is. Like, he, was, he mentioned Fort Bragg a, a few times. And so, like, it's it's fun to know that, like, oh, I, I know where that is. Or well, I, I will throw this out there for you in one of his later books. Your workplace is actually... A setting in one of his books later on. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be really weird to differentiate truth and and fiction. Yeah, like your your workplace and our hometown. Yeah, is is actually mentioned in one of his later books. And it's crazy because being so close to like Camp David and all of that, like you would hope he would write about that just because those are two mm-hmm. really big places. Um, and being, you know, in Maryland, there there's a lot of uh, cool Navy and and Army bases and stuff. So it, it's cool to have that. And I think it adds more of a personal touch, mm-hmm. especially if you – any author does this where they say, a, you know, a town or a, or a city or whatever. And you're like, oh, I, I went there or I live there or whatever. And it just adds that personal touch to you like, oh, I could – this could definitely happen near me. Oh, yeah, for sure, especially with us, with, with us being as close to – Washington, D.C. as we are, mm-hmm. and like you said, like Camp David and Fort Meade and the NSA and CIA and all all the, the letter groups and yeah. whatnot that, you know, are out there doing intelligent work and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just getting getting into the book, like, uh, like, like I said, so if you haven't read, read this book or you would like to read this book, you might want to tap out here or just hit, hit that pause button and then come back once you've finished it because we're actually going to start talking about what happens in this book. Um, so 
James Reese, it starts out with, with James Reese in, uh, in Iraq. Or no, I'm sorry, he was in Afghanistan. Afghanistan, yep. Leading a entire, um, like, four platoons of Navy SEALs on this raid. Something just doesn't seem right on it. And then, what, like, fuck, ten minutes into the book, all hell breaks loose. Oh, all his people die. Everyone. Every single one, except for him and and his buddy. Yep. Him and, um, what was that dude's name? This is going to kill me if I can't remember it right now. Did, was, wasn't his name Booker? No. It was something along those lines. Yeah. But, I mean, unfortunately, he's not in the book too much longer after that either. So they they lose everyone. He wakes up in a, in a, a hospital on one of the bases in Afghanistan and finds out, you know, the NCIS is there to investigate what's going on. And they immediately start trying to pin the entire thing on him. Yeah. Like... And from from there, it's just like something obviously is wrong about this. I mean, it it says it in the the title that it's, you know, the Terminalista Thriller. So obviously, like, shit's going to go haywire fairly quickly. But he loses everyone, has to deal with being interrogated and having all of this pinned on him. Finally, he's able to get home. Just wants to go home, see his wife, see his, his little girl. That he hasn't seen in six months. Because this was going to be his last trip. He had finally gotten to the point in his career. That he could stop doing combat missions. He could move up in the ranks. And basically retire from being in the field. And uh, once he gets home. Finds out that the only other person that survived this with him. Uh, has had some sort of incident in his apartment. Rushes over there. Finds out his last remaining teammate is dead. Yeah. Like, because of a, a quote-unquote suicide. And and it's funny, because I'll break down that scene a little bit more, is when he gets there, he goes into detail, and this is why I love Jack Carr, too, and how he was in the field himself. He knows all the type of guns. He knows all the weapons, everything. So he, you really feel like you he knows his business. You know, mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about. And with that, with that character that supposedly committed suicide... He goes on a tangent, um, basically saying, oh, he would never use that kind of gun to commit suicide. He would use this kind of gun. Mm -hmm. And so it really allows you to know, like, this character knows what he's talking about. And obviously he knows something's wrong because nobody else would know that that character would not use that type of gun. Right. And so it's a really weird thing. Like, any forensics person that goes in there would be like, oh that's normal. That's a normal suicide. He goes in there or somebody with experience in the field goes in there, knows the guy and you know, instantly that's not the gun somebody would use. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, in the way Jack Carr describes not only the, the equipment that, you know, that James Reese is using in this, whether it's the guns or, you know, a certain type of scope or night vision but he also breaks down, you know, the helmet that he wears, the boots, like the type of of shirt that he's wearing. Like it, it really shows his real life experience and just how much he's put himself into this without him making it about himself. Yeah. Like it, it's it just shows how good of a writer he is. Definitely. I mean, because he, he's done all of his books basically one year apart. Yeah. So, but um. 
So he finds out that his last remaining teammate is ended up committing suicide. His superior officer sends him to the hospital at his uh, his base to get checked out. Finally is, is released from there so he can get home. Finally see his wife, see his daughter. And then tragedy strikes him again. Oh, hell yeah. He gets home, sees nothing but, but police cars and ambulances outside of his own home. And knows that something is horribly, horribly wrong. He comes to find out that... His wife and his daughter are both dead. Killed in a horrible, horrible gunfight. But his wife didn't go down with, without a fight. No, she was a tough motherfucker. She was. She, she, I mean, she had been a Navy SEAL wife for 15 years at this point. She, she knew what to do. She tried to protect their daughter as much, as much as she could. But in the end, they both ended up perishing. And then he ends up finding out... That she was six months pregnant. Yeah. With a son. Son, yeah. That he would have never gotten to meet. Mm-hmm. Which was awful. And while all of this is going on, he's been dealing with these horrible headaches for months and months and months. And while he was in the hospital in Afghanistan, they'd found out he had had a tumor in his, like, on his brain. And during the autopsy of some of his troops, they'd found out his troops also had these, these tumors. Well... Turns out, these, this company was testing these drugs on him and his troop. And calling it, what, vitamin C or something? They were, yeah, they were calling it, like, vitamin B, B shots yeah. when they were getting it. And they ended up causing all these tumors in his, in his group. Yeah. But, and as, an, as a Navy SEAL or any person in the military, you know damn well that you don't really know what's going in your body. You, you walk up into basic training and you get, what, 10 shots right there. So... They're so conditioned to just, you know, roll up a sleeve and get a shot, do whatever. But in this case, it's it's more of that fact of, like, it's not their fault, obviously, for what happened to them. But wouldn't you question it a little bit more? Yeah. Like a vitamin shot? Uh, it didn't make sense. But it was it was a very cool way that, that they brought that in mm-hmm. and, and was able to get these people to agree to this shot. Yeah, testing these... these experimental drugs on on America some of America's finest soldiers to try and help com, uh, combat PTSD but to have these horrible horrible side effects in the fact of all of them ending up with tumors I mean James Reese finds out about the tumor gets it tested thinks it could be cancerous that's how he ends up starting his terminal list yeah and and what's crazy is like skipping a little bit ahead into the book is that he finds out from one of the guys that in in the government is that they decided to basically send these troops in Afghanistan to this weird, you know, mission to get rid of them because they knew all, all his teams had had these tumors or had some sort of side effect and they didn't want to get it back, getting it back to them. And it's just crazy that like James Reese, he was supposed to die that mission and he he was still alive. He made it out. But like getting back to this list, he only had what, like two or three names starting out and it just kept growing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just really cool how each person he talked to gave another name and another name here and another name there. But it was, it was just very interesting how the whole thing and 
and being in what third person being writing writing it you got to understand things that he didn't understand yet right. um with the lady secretary mm-hmm. she was in on it the whole time and you know she's trying to become president and she's you know understanding that he needs to get caught but not captured because then if he's in prison they can't get to him they can't get to him and yeah. so it's a very weird sketchy game yeah the, the secretary of defense in this was a very crafty woman but in mm-hmm. the end she was truly a coward yeah yeah i mean it she thought she was the one pulling the, the strings behind the scenes the entire time but but steve horn really was the person that yes he he was the one that was his entire goal was to not you know not to be the president <laughs> but to be the person that was controlling the president yeah and we've seen that a couple times in history to begin with mm-hmm. so it's not that far of a stretch you know right but um so what was what was probably your favorite scene in this book ooh that's it that's a tough one i loved how cunning this guy was the whole way through mm-hmm. so he really mapped out like a lot of things going into, you know, all the different apartments, going into the hotel rooms, knowing he had bought the locks from Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever to test it out at his house so he could do it with such minimum effort and and time. That was a very interesting thing to me because I don't think I would ever think about doing that if I needed to break in somewhere. Right. Like, you would, I would never think about buying the lock and key right there at, at Home Depot. But... I really love, and not even a scene, but I really love um, the Katie character. Mm-hmm. Katie I think, Yeah, I think she was really cool. Um, I would have loved to see even a little bit more of her, which I hope to see in mm-hmm. the next mo- uh, or in the movies, the next books. Um, I, I loved how all the supporting characters, characters to him were truly that. They were supporting. They, they went to battle with him. He mm-hmm. saved them some way, somehow, whether it was overseas or, or in their own country. Um, and they were they were all ready to drop everything yeah. for this guy, which is just insane. But I honestly would I'd love to say that my favorite scene was the, the last scene. Mm-hmm. And it's a great scene. It's a great scene. I and it's that cliffhanger mm-hmm. of of he just committed, you know, a three way murder right there, gets Katie rescued, gets her safe. And then gets a, a very a very certain call from the doctor mm-hmm. that you know this this tumor isn't spoiling right now. So press pause if if you're listening in still. But that this tumor isn't cancerous and right. that it, it can be removed very easily. Yeah. Um, and not saying that brain brain surgery is is any easy, but they can get it removed and he would be totally fine. But he doesn't get that because he's on a boat thinking he's going to die before he gets to wherever he's going. Right. And and so it's a very unique way that he did that. Um, and, and it kind of makes you want to rethink the name of the book too, because it's mm-hmm. not the terminal list anymore. He's not dying. Right. And, but the, the whole perception of it is the whole time you do think he is mm-hmm. and he thinks he is, and he's still, he still does after this. And I think that was a very power move for Jack Carr and kudos to him. Cause I love those type of endings where they totally 360 that shit. Yeah. 
I mean, I just I loved Jack Carr's character development in this. Yes. In this book, I mean, even the the heroes, the villains, like they were all so well thought out, well developed. Like by by the end of the book, like you you hate the Secretary of Defense. Oh yeah. You you hate Steve Horn. Yeah. Like you were you're just like you want them to die. Yeah. Like, and I love the fact that that he had there was two strong women that were heroines in this book right alongside James Reese. That was in, my favorite. In Liz Riley and Katie Baranak. Mm-hmm. I mean, Katie Baranak, the, the tough as nails, like, um, reporter that's doing all these exposés on things like Benghazi and what's going on in Afghanistan and things like that, that doesn't care if the government comes after her or not. Like, she's getting the story out. Yeah. And then Liz Riley, a woman that, that James Reese had saved in Afghanistan, um, Former army pilot was flying helicopters and whatnot due to an injury in, in the line of duty. She couldn't fly anymore, but she was still there for him. Almost the closest thing that he had to a sister. Like, and what's crazy though is with Liz, she went through all that rehab and stuff. She would have been dead in Afghanistan if he didn't save her. And then mm-hmm. she was actually able to fly again because of all that rehab. Yep. So. It, it really is cool as, you know, as a woman to see a, a male written book, a male main character, and it's not him that saves himself. It's these two powerful women. Right. So it, it's, it's more of that reverse, you know, damsel in distress. Right. And he's that damsel. And, yeah. and it's really cool to see that. And, and it also really showed me uh, more than I already have in my job is the brotherhood and the sisterhood of military mm-hmm. and whether they're, you know, retired or, or not, or still in, and they know they could get in so much trouble helping him. They risk it all because they know he's a good commander. They know his actions over his words. Mm-hmm. And I just think that was a really cool theme to have in the book is, is that brotherhood, that, that sisterhood, that mm-hmm. family, no matter what, they, those people will be there for you. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I had two scenes in this, this book that I just absolutely loved. The first one was the scene in, in Mexico. Oh, yeah. When when James Reese finds out who ended up killing his, his wife and daughter and unborn son, he finds out it was these guys from this, this gang across the border in Mexico and gets help from one of his friends, Marco, to get into the country and then just methodically works his way through this apartment building and slaughters everyone. And every, and, and it, I loved that scene too. And every single room had like a prostitute in it. Mm-hmm. And he, and it was very cool to know what he was thinking in that whole, that whole time because he didn't want to have to kill the women. He didn't want to have to, but he said, if they got in my way, I would. And if, if they became combatants, he would he would do what he needed to do, but if mm-hmm. they remained non-combatants, he would leave them alone. Exactly. But that was just that was such a good scene with just the way he he worked through the building, like put his military training to use and worked it like he was just working the house in in Afghanistan. Yeah. But my 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 second favorite scene was when he finally caught up to um, Captain Howard, the Jag. When he finally catches him in Florida, in. Beats the living piss out of him. Mm-hmm. Ends up taking him into the Everglades. Slices his stomach open. 
pins his intestines to a tree with a knife and then makes him walk around the tree, t- basically tying himself to this tree with his own intestines. Coolest scene ever. <sighs> and you you feel like you're right there. You you can picture it all. You mm-hmm. you get a little sick to the stomach. Sum- like, I got a little bit sick to the stomach just hearing about it. And, like, the, the one scene where he went after, and I'm blanking on his name, um, went after the guy and made it look like a drug overdose. When he went after Saul Agnew. Yes, yep. thank you. Yeah, he that one was really cool. And the thinking in that was was very interesting because he goes to the strip club before. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I would not have thought to go to a strip club to buy drugs. Right. You know, and he does. He, he buys these drugs. He... He, you know, kidnaps, not even kidnaps, it's in his apartment, gets in there and waterboards, waterboards him, him and... tortures him, gets what he needs. And then he's like, uh, he's like, oh, don't kill me. And he's like, oh, I won't. Uh, this drug will, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really cool that, that he made it look like that because it really, he had thought of it all. He, he made sure that nobody that he wanted, that was on his list, that he didn't want knowing he was coming after the, them yet. He made sure that it looked like a suicide or it looked like a drug overdose so that the higher higher aboves didn't know he was coming. And I think that was very, in, very in, strategic. Until he wanted it, wanted them to know he was coming. Yes. Like when he, when he killed Captain Howard, he left like his naval diving knife mm-hmm. so that the people that would find out about it would know James Reese did this. Yeah. Here I am. And bitches. James Reese is coming for you. Yeah. Like it was, oh, that was such a, mm, that was such a good scene. Yeah, and he had, it, it and it brings it back to his his military skill. He had so many scenes where it, it wasn't even like these trained killers that were coming after him, mm-hmm. sent by these people, Horn and and Pilsner and all these people. They he they literally could not stand up to this guy. Right. He took them down one by one. They couldn't even draw their gun fast enough, and he was already on them. Right. And it was just so cool. And the drive-by scene, too, mm-hmm. with, the, um, with the Islamic uh, you know, terrorism and stuff. I, I think it's really cool that he added touches of that, too, mm-hmm. because that's still, again, a, a real thing that's, that's happening and will happen. And, and that he thought of that, that you know, this guy thought he was doing this for Islam. And, um, but it turns out it was actually the... The Secretary of Defense, yeah, and and her husband that had actually found this dude online and radicalized him so that they could use him as a pawn, mm-hmm. and then they could just blame it on on radical Islamists. Yeah, like that's that's wild. Like, yeah, it makes you sick to know that the the government will or might do that. You know, it's definitely a real thing, mm-hmm. and it, the whole. The whole time I was reading this and after I found out that, you know, Jack Carr had his own background in the military, it really makes you think like, oh shit, did did he know, you know, that this stuff can happen and will happen and right. has happened? And that's interesting that you did bring up that he has to get it pre-approved basically. Mm-hmm. I just, that's, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's wild what he put into this book. Yeah. But... I love that he put into the book things of himself other than just his military service, mm-hmm. like his love of hunting. Yes. When he takes out, out the accountant early in the book, 
he makes it seem like a hunting accident. Jack Carr loves, from from what I've I've heard in, in his interviews, he loves hunting. Mm-hmm. Elk, deer, all that good stuff. He also is, practices um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And, and he brings that up in the mm-hmm. book. He talks about how James Reese and, and Marcos, like they would, even though Marcos was a smaller dude, like they, you know, they would, that's how they bonded was on, on the mat doing jujitsu. Yeah. And Marcos and put him out on his ass multiple times. Every time. He, yeah. never, he never beat him. Yeah. He never beat him. Even though he was a much bigger man than Marcos was. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a good book. Yeah. It was such a good book. It, I mean, it was graphic at times. Oh, yes. It was graphic. I mean, he literally, he finds out that a, there was one dude that connected everyone. Mm-hmm. That connected Horn, Steve Horn and Admiral Pilsner and the Secretary of Defense and her husband, who was a former senator, that connected all of them. And he gets found, like, James Reese finds out who he is, basically holds his family hostage and straps a suicide vest to this dude mm-hmm. and has him march into the Admiral of the Naval Seals. Yeah. And then blows, blows him, him up, up. <laughs> and the Admiral in his fucking office. Oh, yeah. Like, that's brutal, but it was, oh, it was so vindicating. Yeah. When Pilsner finally got it. Yeah. It's like, oh. It really makes you love you know, James Reese, and, and what I think is interesting with this book and, and so many other books that are not even similar to this but have similar character development like this, mm-hmm. it really makes you root for the guy that wants to kill everybody. Yeah. Because you know his backstory. You know he's been wronged. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things you want the, those people to die. And it, not even just die, but they deserve every little bit of torture. They deserve... You know, mm-hmm. every little thing that they did to him. Yeah. And yeah. it's just very interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is the type of book that is perfect for someone that, like, loves the mili- like loves military thrillers, loves guns. Like, you could easily say this is a little bit of gun porn, almost. Yeah, With the definitely. way that they, like, they describe, you know, the ammunition and the guns and the specs on it and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It, Everything comes through. It's, yeah. It was just so very, very good. But all of his books have been. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. And I, I can't wait till we do get to a point that we can talk about the other ones because there's some things that transpire later that I, I continue to stop myself from talking about because I almost have a few times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying not to spoil you or anyone else. Yeah. And I, I think it's uh, really – I think it was very nice that – that Jack Carr didn't want to add any more love romances to mm-hmm. this after his wife died. Because when you think about it, I've, I've read, and I get so annoyed at this, there'll, there'll be the, the heroine or the hero of, of any story, um, the young girl, the young guy, whatever it is, and their love dies. Mm-hmm. And it seems so quick that this random new person shows up or this random best friend that they've known forever shows up and they they get together again and so i'm very glad that katie or liz didn't turn into one of those people Mm -hmm. because i was getting so worried because like in my brain that would be like 
I would hope that if that did happen, Jack Carr would at least have the respect to say that Reese feels guilty for for getting right. with one of them because of his wife and his, of his kid, an unborn kid. And yeah. I'm just very glad it didn't turn into a romance, even though I love those. And mm-hmm. I hope we do talk about romances in this um, podcast. But I do. I was very very excited that this was just a hardcore kill kill all get my revenge kind of book. Yeah. And and there's I mean Liz even does say at one point once, you know, she's gotten James out of out of California and taken her to the ranch that she works on in Texas like, oh, the one guy that I get into my house that's not family that I can't sleep with. Yes. Like or that I can't do anything with because, you know, she she loved his wife, she was like a sister to her, she mm-hmm. considered his daughter and niece, like she considers him a brother. But there was a few times in this book where, especially through my first go-through, you think something's going to happen with Katie, and then, you know, he even feels guilty about, like, like thinking she smells good or something like Taking that. Taking note of how she dresses. Right. Yeah. Like, I think in um, when, when they met in the Chinese restaurant, mm-hmm. he takes such good no- – and again, this is definitely a military style. You – you're very much aware of what's happening and who's around you at all costs, at all times. But he takes perfect note of how she dresses and with her glasses and how she puts up her hair and all this stuff. And he basically tries to say, you know, that's just the look of a reporter. That's the that's the typical stereotype look. Like that's exactly what he would expect a reporter to look like. Exactly. And it's what's crazy is... When he talks about what she wears, which is you know a, a small little blazer with a little with little tank top and and the jeans and the boots and all this stuff, I pictured it instantly and mm-hmm. I knew exactly what he was talking about. And it's crazy that that he was able to do that. Right. And you never think of these people who had a full time career before this and then just come out with this book and are amazing authors. Yeah, I mean he's he he's been quoted as saying like. He knew he was always going to go into the military, but he always knew once he finished with that, he was going to write. Yeah. Like, that's what he was going to do. Yeah. Like, and dude knocked it out of the park. He really did. Knocked it out of the park. Like, but, all right, if you had to give this book a rating, what would you give it? That's, that's hard. I am a firm believer that a very small amount of books are a five-star book. And I try not to give books five stars because that is they the author did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. you know that the plot was perfect in every single way that you wish nothing else happened. But I honestly do think that this book was so amazing. It it's the closest to a five star I'd ever have to give, which is like a four point five, four point eight. Like it was amazing. There are a few things that I probably wish would have been described differently for for a layman's perspective of, mm-hmm. of guns and and all that. But other than that, that's what he knows. Right. That's what his audience will know. Yeah. I came into it not knowing really that much. And I feel like I, I did grow. I did get a lot of education on the military and the Navy part of it and the gun part of it. And it really made me love it because it was such a good action book. Mm-hmm. And it was very different from what I read. And it was it knocked it out of the park. I would definitely give like a four point eight on this book. It was great. Yeah. I definitely ten like ten out of ten would read again. Yeah, like I so I do a lot of my reading on Audible, and 
just because with my work and whatnot, it gives me a lot of opportunity to do audiobooks. Uh, I don't, once I finish an audiobook, I don't leave reviews. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I read the reviews that other people leave to help me figure out if I'm going to like a book or not, but I don't leave reviews. I left a review for this book. That's like, I actually took time and was like, I need people, other people to understand how good this book is. Mm -hmm. Like I, I gave this book a five star review. Yeah. And, and told people that like, this was the perfect book for someone who is into a political thriller, someone that's into military books, like is an amazing book. I highly recommend it for anyone that wants, like if you, if you are a fan of like Brad Thor, this is a, a great book book and series for you to get into brad thor has even recommended this book that's like cool. he's even put a review on this book yeah like and, hi, highly recommended Five and you said sure. um what was the i just we were talking about this before uh we started recording is is one of the um famous actors oh chuck norris chuck norris thank you chuck norris put a review on this book yeah yeah said, that, and so said cool. it was um, amazing yeah. That he that he loved it, and that the the pages turn, and you end up get trying to get through the pages so so quickly because you want to know what happens. You want to yes. get through it. Like, oh, if anybody from work hears this, they're gonna get so mad. I've read this at work all the time. I would be I <laughs> on my two two monitors. I'd have my my calendars up, and I'd have you know my my minutes up from like my last meeting and all that good stuff. I have my email up, and then Jack Carr. Yeah. And it was it was really so cool to be reading it. And, and it really made me want to read it at work. And I try not to do that. I'm sorry if anybody's listening. Try not to do that, man. But it was just one of those books you could not put down. Yeah. You kept wanting, like, every time you got to a new chapter, like the other night, I was dead tired, wanted to go to bed, hit chapter, I think, 70 and i was like well, i can't stop here i'm almost right. done you know like yeah. it was one of those crazy books and then i i had to wake up in the morning and then reread the last chapter right I'm, <laughs> I'm like oh what happened again okay yeah. you know i'm so tired but it was amazing i would definitely recommend this a hundred percent i'm going to recommend it to to my military guys that that i hang out with because it is one of those books so now that you finished the first book, what do you expect for the second? Ooh, I really would hope that, well, I'd, I'd hope that he would figure out that his tumor is benign mm -hmm. and that he can get it removed and all that stuff. But since he was already a, a quote unquote terrorist from, you know, labeled a terrorist for, for us, mm -hmm. I really would hope he wouldn't go back and just keep on his journey and have, you know, messages from, you know, a phone that he, a prepaid phone that he buys there because he's in love with prepaid phones, getting one there and receiving that message mm -hmm. and, and trying to be overseas and in, in his own world over there. And I would really love a, a mix of him trying not to go into an ally country because they know he might give him over. Mm -hmm. So I, I want more of a an abroad type of type of thing more talking about other places but i definitely like you said how they it they do talk about you know fort dietrich and stuff in maryland i want him back here mm -hmm. you know i want to know i want to drive to work and know oh he probably drove this road you know like yeah. even though 
he did he didn't and nothing of this ha- of sorts happened here it's just so cool to realize and and know like hmm jack or you know i mean james Risa drove here jack carr knows this area like right. he knows my hometown he knows everything and yeah. it, it just really adds that personal touch but i would love to see more of the abroad um since he's already on that way and maybe in the next book if it's if it's a year apart or if it's a two year apart or whatever um definitely if it's like two years or or more uh, apart from from his first book i would love to know does he ever get another love romance even mm-hmm. though i did say i'm glad he didn't do it in this one right i think if enough time passes he does deserve to try again yeah and have that other family but i yeah. i want him to also have and this sounds crazy, but as a writer, I love when when characters have trauma, mm-hmm. and I want I want them to have like the crazy stories and the crazy yeah. trauma. So I hope, even if he does get somebody, that he has that trauma with him of like, oh, I have to be protective of the, of this person because my my wife got killed. You know, mm-hmm. I, it, it's just one of those things that I think would add a little bit more a bit more spice, people, a little bit, of, yeah. little bit of sprinkle on that shit. It's like getting like having Salt Bay just sprinkle a little bit on there. Yeah, just a, <laughs> just down down your arm, just a little sprinkle. I I would love to. I would love him to mention Old Bay for you know for some odd stupid reason. Well, it's because you know we're from Maryland and we all turn into crabs and at midnight and crab people scuttle into the Chesapeake Bay and snort <laughs> Old Bay and as Francis Scott Key's ghost watches over us. <laughs> <laughs> we have an hour and a half left until that happens, people. Oh, we got to get to scuddling. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we don't get in a trap, you know? Oh, I would, whew, hate for that to happen. Maybe yeah, we can meet Mr. True. Krabs, though, on the way down. Well, he does work in a trap. He does, which is so crazy when you think of, of SpongeBob working in a crab trap. He works in a trap house almost. He really does. <laughs> and the secret ingredient, it's crab. <laughs> It's so off, off the books of of what we're talking about, but it's just well, so funny. Hey, that's the name of the show. It, yeah. We don't always stay on topic, but sometimes we do. Just hey, we of, get back around to it. Yeah, we just you just gotta follow our tangents. Like they will make sense at some point. <laughs> some point. Talking about SpongeBob back to Jack Carr, you know, like it's it, great. It might take seven episodes, but they'll we'll come back <laughs> around. <laughs> We'll, we'll get there, guys. We'll get there. Uh, oh, that yeah, Jet, amazing. Uh, I I would definitely say if if anybody out there wants wants to read it to mm-hmm. pick it up. Uh, I read it on Kindle, and the great part about Kindle is you know if you're one of those people like I am that when I have a physical copy, I keep looking and I keep mm-hmm. getting so worried about how many pages are left. You know, with Audible or Kindle, you don't worry about that. You right. just you keep going, and I probably read eleven books in January of this month. You know, mm-hmm. January—it's it, crazy. Like, it's—I'm probably going to go over that quota this month, and it's—I love it. I'm—I'm oh, I'm up to thirty-five already this Ooh. year on my yeah. Kindle. I think I'm up to uh, like fifteen or sixteen right now. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm obsessed. I love it. I'm on that road to one hundred and fifty. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes. I fell just short last year. I'm getting it this year. We're getting it. We're both getting it. It's it's the dream. It's the goal. We're doing it. Hey, shoot for the moon. If you miss, you're still with the stars. Still. Or dumbest some, quote ever. Some <laughs> shit like that. Dumb shit. Which is so funny. <laughs> dumbest quote ever. Again, small tangent. Is 
The stars are past the moon, man. You're well, not, not only live. that, the moon's fucking huge. So if you miss that some bitch, you got some really fucking bad aim. <laughs> got some bad aim. <laughs> you whew, right past, man. Some bitch is like forty nine thousand kilometers across, <laughs> or forty nine hundred. Oh my god! Yeah, if you miss that shit, that's that's an issue. I would definitely be worried about you. Oh lord. Well, <laughs> I think that's all I've got for. The terminal list. I think that is all. Unless you've got anything else you want to put in there as well. I I am good. I think this was, again, a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. I think anybody should pick, no matter what kind of genre you like. Like I said, I am not a a military type of genre reader. Um, And I think that's just really because, you know, it does talk a lot about guns. It talks about real life things Mm -hmm. of, of war and stuff. And my friend who who is active duty right now it's it's scary you know it yeah. makes you want to think of it, you know what could happen to that person if mm-hmm. if they go overseas and you know my friend just got back from afghanistan last year oh shit probably been 2 years now or almost coming up on 2 years yeah like yeah it really puts it in perspective of what can happen but you know it great book i would definitely 10 out of 10 recommend to anybody um, pick it up at Barnes and Noble. Pick it up on your your Kindle, your Audible, anything. Mm-hmm. But you know, definitely, definitely keep. I would definitely keep that book on the books. You know, yeah. that's definitely. Yeah, yeah and keep I mean, on. for anyone that wants to get out and like listen to this or listen to it, read it, whatever. Um, there's a series like a Amazon Prime is going to have this come out as a as a like. I think like a twelve episode series. It's going to be awesome in in uh, March at, with with. Chris Pratt's in it, Taylor Kitchener's in it. Like, it's going to be a great, great show. Like, I, I've been waiting for it since I first read this. Like, it's going to be so good. And Chris Pratt as James Reese, oh, perfect. It's going to be perfect. 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 And I, I can't wait to know how they, because every director sees things differently, and I, I can't wait to know how those directors see those scenes mm-hmm. differently than we did. Well, I know the directors worked very closely with Jack Carr. Yeah. Like, Jack Carr was very involved in the making of the show. As he should be. So that it was as close to the book as it possibly could be. Yeah. Like, and with it being on Amazon Prime, huh, that shit's gonna have it. They're not cutting out any of the gore or language no. or anything like that. It's all gonna be there. And I am ready for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. That is definitely on my to-be-watched list. Oh, yeah. Hasn't even hit a trailer yet, and I am 100% ready for that and i hope i hope it just does it justice oh for sure you know it's just one of those things you just hope it hope it always does justice no matter how how involved the author is you just you always hope that they don't you know get a little shy get a little scared and go well you can director mr mrs director you can do what you want no no Mm -mm -mm. we're not doing that jack Carr. we are laying down the law we are saying jack reese is a badass but bitch and we are making sure Everything happens. Yeah, Jack Carr's a fucking Navy SEAL. He ain't he ain't scared of no fucking. Oh no, here. he is James Reese. <laughs> he is James Reese. We are we are taking those directors out. They are gonna be on his terminal list if they wrong this series. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But well, I think that's all that I've got for our first episode. Oh heck yeah! Thanks everybody for listening in on this and sticking with our tangents. We, we can't yeah. can't express enough how how much this means to us and how cool it is to be able to have our own little book club to share with you guys. Yeah. I mean, this has been something that we've been planning for the last couple months and it's finally coming to fruition. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I thought this was a great first episode and 
hopefully y'all thought it was the same. Yeah. But please follow us on Instagram, Off the Books Podcasts. So that's plural. Um, and, and yeah, follow us on Instagram. Email us, Off the Book Podcasts uh, at gmail.com. You know, if you want to see a, a, or if you want to hear a book uh, that you love so much to be talked about on this podcast, please let us know. You know, comment on one of our posts, message us, email us. You know, let us know that you want this book to, to be talked about and you might get lucky and, and be able to listen to your favorite book and us diving into that. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And just uh, just remember, keep this shit off the books. Keep that shit off the books, man. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll you guys will be here to listen to us next time. Oh, yeah. See you all yeah. later. See us.